This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 138. We are back this week. Uh, Vigo will join us in a little bit. Uh, kid terror as usual. Hopefully he'll join us in the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, but Hammy, you're here. Good, Doing good this week, Hammy? Are you glad to be back on a normal Wednesday? Yeah, I don't have to juggle things as much and, <laughs> and stress about whether I'm letting people down. So yes, that's nice. <laughs> And joining us again, uh, you've been here quite a few times, is uh, Nate Wells from The Athletic. Nate, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me back. Uh, I think it's been a bit since I've been on last. Well, we try to get you on at least once a season. Yeah, no, I think it was. I think I just was on like the very beginning of last year or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think you were. But the, yeah. I, think, I think the big question is, is this the last time you'll be on? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because obviously you kind of let the cat out of the bag today, you know, more publicly that uh, you're not going to be in Minnesota anymore, are you? No, I'm uh, no, I'm moving to uh, New York City area uh, later this month. And uh, what calls you to New York City? Is it a lady? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is indeed. Well, that's good. We won't get too personal here, but uh, we'll miss you around these parts. You know, you've become kind of part of the whole gang the last few years, and. Uh, it's been nice having you on. So, well, you know, you know, maybe when we do the Penn State recap, we'll have you on because I'm sure you're going to go to Penn State, aren't you? Yeah, I, that would be one I'm plan I'm planning on doing. It's not. It's like it's like a three and a half four hour drive, so it's kind of similar yeah. to this weekend. Where, uh, yeah. From there, where it's uh, be from going from here to uh, Madison, and you can drive to the Frozen Four too. I could drive the yeah, and uh, Midwest Regional. It's like in Allentown because that's somehow ninety minutes away. Okay, the Midwest Regional is in Allentown. Yeah, the Midwest Regional oh, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I've given up on some of the logic of the NCAA. I mean, <clears throat> I, but, <laughs> oh, what can I do? Well, anyway, guys, um, uh, not a great weekend for the Gophers, swept by the Mavericks of Mankato. Hammy, um, I wasn't there Friday night, but I hear it was ugly. What was it? Was a five-one loss for the Gophers. Um, Mavericks just dominated. Yeah, I mean, if you, it doesn't take much other than t- you see some of the plays, and you s- definitely, even if you weren't uh, watching the game, you could see the box score to see some of those guys really had a rough night. Um, and it, it's tough. I, I think that you see a veteran team, um, and we we talked about at the beginning of the year that uh, you know we thought that the, this team was going to be successful or not and based on the defensive unit i think you saw quite a few lapses um especially in that friday night game and, and it was just not pretty and they capitalized and you just got to tip your hat to them what happened nate i mean mankato is good there is no doubt about that but minnesota is shouldn't be that bad no uh yeah the friday night i think really mostly the, the most disappointing part at least about friday night was just the way that um, Man- Minnesota let Mankato respond in terms of they scored a goal. All, all the goals except for the last one were all right in front of the net. There's kind of one-timers. They're able to be physical. They're able to outplay uh, the go for defense. But then the goals, besides the, the the first one comes on Mankato's second shot of the game. Yeah. The second comes the shift after Minnesota ties it up. The third one comes in the opening minute of the second period. The fourth one comes the opening minute of the third period. So there's they're kind of you kind of just seeing these bits of mental lapse and just leading a little frustration on Friday night. Uh, and yeah, it was it was it was kind of disappointing because you want to see how Minnesota respond to adversity after the North Dakota series and after going down early. And that wasn't the uh, response that if you're a Gopher fan, you want to see. And, uh, you know, I love bringing this up. Actually, I don't. I'm getting sick of it. I wish they would <clears throat> do something about it. But uh, it looked like, Nate, the crowd was very empty. The student section was good because it was kind of an 
free for all for students, but um, I'm hearing the crowd was really bad. The student section was good. The section behind the other net, which was uh, the zone four, which is like the which were like the thirty five dollars seats, those were pretty good. And then <laughs> kind of the next level up had some Mankato fans, but you have that and the corporate seats. Corporate seats were kind of just what they've kind of expected the last couple of years, unfortunately. Oh, or I'm sure they were sold, but uh, whoever has the tickets didn't uh, show up. Hammy, we've been talking for about it for a while. Um, uh, and, you know, I thought you know some people would get on the the Motsko bandwagon. Ooh, Lucia's gone. They they you know they start showing up again. But it looks like a, a lot of these people want to kind of see how good the team's going to be first. Well, I mean, obviously it wasn't going to be an overnight thing. I mean, I think everybody kind of thought that maybe there'd be a little bit of a boost with the coaching change and all that. But I think that you know certainly. You know, I think the fans are intelligent enough to know that it's not going to be an immediate turnaround. We want things to be done quickly, but uh, you are talking about, you know, it's not like the NHL or whatever. You can make a bunch of trades and bring guys up from the minors and whatever. You're kind of talking about a limited amount of moves you can do, um, especially when you're coming in in, what, you know, April or May for a coach. So um, it's kind of tough, you know, But and I think that they will turn it around, but, you know, the immediate, the immediacy, you know, it's just not going to be there. You got to work with what they inherited. And some of these, you know, we've talked about it, you know, defensively, especially, they just don't have some of the, the horses that you, you would need to have that kind of a turnaround. And I'm sure that that that's partially what's uh, contributing to some of the attendance. So, you know, we have the really bad game uh, Friday night against Mankato Saturday night. Um, uh, Nate, you were down there with me. Um, uh, you know, I noticed, uh, early when they first open up the place that the, the Gopher players are playing there, you know, playing some soccer out in the hallway. They seem pretty, pretty great spirits. And it showed they played much better. Um, it, it was essentially a one, one game that, uh, you know, the game winning goal, which it was kind of a fluke, you know, Pitlick's trying to kick it and it just kind of kicks it in. It was a weird goal, but you know, it's still lost Nate, but uh, they had to feel a little better about it. Didn't they? Yeah, it seemed like they felt a little better about their bounce back on Saturday, especially being on the road and Mankato. Um, I think there are some positives to kind of take away. Um, Moscow completely mixed up the lines. Uh, he kind of sent a little bit of a message, especially to some of the older forwards, um, and kind of tried to get stuff going. I still, from like an even strength perspective, and both games this weekend were kind of tough to uh, kind of get a flow in even strength just because there are 12 penalties called both nights. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of special teams time. But third game in a row where Minnesota scores only on the uh, only on the power play, but the at least defensively. And only one goal, too. Yeah, one goal each of them. Um but at the very, but they look better. Um, they look better defensively. They're able to kind of limit uh, those chances in front of the net and uh, and Minnesota State's uh, opportunities. It, actually, you know, in a way, it kind of felt like uh, a game that uh, the Gophers played during the second half, kind of down the stretch of last year, Ooh. where they're almost playing for that like two-one win. I don't know, Hammy. You know, you know, this season we thought scoring would be pretty good, and you know, and they started off pretty well you know, they got one against Duluth and then they open up for seven but since then they've had one goal each game and just like Nate said we haven't had an even strength goal in quite a while here since that Duluth game at Mariucci um are you concerned about the offense well I think the analogy that I use is, is like I think the skill up front is there but you know it's kind of like you have to be able to get the car out of the, the garage and I feel like <laughs> transition game and def- getting from defense to offense is definitely something that um, is not really a strength right now and I think that that's kind of what you're seeing is uh, the, the other teams are four checking hard making it difficult to uh, really get out of the zone and kind of get things moving in the right direction. And once again, it kind of plays back to some of the defensive guys and having the horses that can really get that puck, gather it and get things moving the other direction. And I think we have some guys that have that ability that are maybe a little bit young yet. Um, and then we have the older guys that really, frankly, haven't really panned out in that area in particular. So that's um, kind of just a, a tough 
you know, it's the perfect storm, I guess, of negativity for that. Well, Nate, one thing that uh, Matsko talked about in his opening media you know, press conference this year was um, 30 seconds of hell. Get out there. Be aggressive. And, you know, we could see that the defense is kind of struggling getting the puck up the ice. But I'm also noticing that the offense isn't really getting down there and creating anything either. Putting yeah, pressure. they're not. not they're not. Um, and uh, Vigo gets on. And he asked, uh, he asked uh, Matsko about that today. Just get creating those opportunities. But, I mean, just even go back to that Saturday game. Uh, then you can almost count the number of attempts that uh, the Gophers had just in front of uh, in front of the net, um, or odd man rushes, or just kind of creating uh, offense that way. You can almost count them on one hand. Just there were very few. Majority of their opportunities at even strength were just moving the puck around, shots from the point. Um, it got better towards the end uh, during the third period, and kind of just when they're playing a little bit of desperation, but. It's yeah. It's still uh, kind of Sammy said. It's still a work in progress. Well, we'll just have to see because you know, I, I effort is such a huge thing, and yeah, and you know, we know guys on the defense need to get the puck up too. But you know, geez, if we could get it forward in there, causing some pressure just once in a while here, um, it leads to so many scoring chances. You just look at some of the Mankato goals. And a lot of their goals come that way. They come from hard work. You know, they could dig down and get the puck, throw it out front. There's somebody there. Uh, and it's just a little disappointing that our forwards aren't getting in there too, since this defense is struggling. <clears throat> I don't know. Just a, just a couple observations I had. And even in that, uh, the Minnesota Duluth game where they got the seven goals, uh, the only one this year where a regular game that they have more than one, you kind of saw some of those, uh, opportunities where gophers would score it from down low or run pillet created an opportunity out of nowhere for on shorthanded goal. Um, and just, they're able to do things like that. And just, they haven't been able to replicate against, uh, some of the more older physical teams. Sorry. I was muted there. I was having a little coughing fit. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, I, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, let's go to some questions because I don't really know what else to say about this past weekend because it's just, you know, I missed the game Friday night. <clears throat> I was out on a date with the girlfriend and for my birthday and she took me to Josh Groban, guys. <clears throat> yeah, it was me and <clears throat> a lot of women and their mothers my, and their grandmothers. And my mom and my, and my sister, so. <laughs> there you they, go. They enjoyed, they, enjoyed, they enjoyed the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not my kind of music. It's just not. You know, I knew maybe one of his songs. But I will give credit to where credit's due. The guy can sure sing live. He's a very good singer. Um, uh, if someone can sing just as good live as they do recorded, I'm impressed. And he did. I mean, he's in this, you know, great big arena. There must have been 10,000 people there. And he sounded really good. You know, it's just not my cup of tea. But I'll give the guy 100% credit. He he was good. Yeah, I just said, I said that. He's good. But it's just, uh, I like I like people who can sing. And he can sing. So there is that. So who knows? Vigo's still having some kid problems. He says it's getting closer, though. So <laughs> good luck with that, Vigs. <laughs> so we do have a question. Well, we got a bunch of Twitter questions. Let's hit up a couple of them. I noticed that Vonner sent one earlier today. And Hammy, let's listen to you. Did the Gophers choose wrong? Did the Gophers choose the wrong Minnesota coach? Matsko over Hastings. Did they choose the wrong guy? Yeah, well, I think we're a little bit premature <laughs> for that kind of. Uh... Well, you know how people are. They jump to conclusions. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it wouldn't have mattered. I don't think it would have mattered right now who is the coach i mean they have to work with what they were largely inherited so i i don't think that that's you know i think that certainly motsko is a better or i should say i don't know if it's better or not but he's certainly more of a offensive minded coach whereas hastings has uh, been known over the years as being more of a defensive minded guy so there is that kind of philosophy that would you know you say well Maybe being a little more conservative um, this year would be more effective. I mean, we talked about it earlier about, you know, how they're trying to play maybe the more lower, lower scoring games. Now, is that really what we would want to have for the long term? You know, at this program, I don't think so. I think most fans would rather have the racehorse hockey up and down the rink and 
Um, maybe not, you know, seven to four games or, you know, those super high scoring ones and you're not playing defense necessarily very good. But uh, I think that we don't want the Mike Eves kind of style either, you know, where it's low scoring <laughs> and rather dull. So, um, and I'm not saying Hastings is that way, but I think that he certainly has that more of a conservative style on as a coach. So I, I think Motzko is the right guy. And I think that, you know, you just got to give him time to build his team up to the way he envisions it. And, you know, I think some people always forget, too, is that, uh, you know, people did rip on St. Cloud in their NCAA appearances, but they did win at least a few games. Whereas, on the other hand, Nate, uh, Mankato has had uh, come into the tournament many times as a very high seed and not done well these last few years. Yeah, they're kind of the the new St. Cloud of uh, the 2000s <laughs> that way. Because I was, cause I was St. Cloud's uh, rep for a while where it was – they would they would get they would make the NCAA's a lot of times it'd be like maybe as like a three seed or something and then they lose the first round. Um yeah. Um Mankato is 0 for six right now. They lost as the number one overall seed um a few years ago. They they, they lost to Duluth as uh the two seed this year. I, I watched all Duluth games and I'll give credit to um Hastings and Mankato. I thought that uh they played them they they probably had the best chance of winning because um, they're able to get up ahead two nothing and I mean the way Duluth played last year was once they're able to get a lead they just could clamp down and rely on goaltending and defense to kind of get away um, and that's what they're able to do both Frozen Four games um, so uh, they almost pulled it off there but yeah I think the thing with the the way that Hastings coaches um, and has kind of built uh, Mankato up. And the way that Matsko built up St. Cloud are two completely different ways. Um, Mankato is very much uh, more, they, they both do a good job of finding kind of some diamonds in the rough. But Mankato is certainly built more upon having, bringing in 20-year-old freshmen, having some good players uh, come out of the USHL that maybe develop late, or even someone like uh, Jake Jeremko, who quote-unquote scored the winning goal on Saturday. Uh, I guess he was credited <laughs> for it, but... Um, he was, he was, he was Mr. Hockey. Um, he was Mr. Hockey a few years ago, but he ended up playing in the USHL for a couple extra years after that. Uh, they have Ryan Sandlin in the pipeline, kind of doing something similar there where he's really good at high school and ends up playing. I think if he goes to another school, he'd probably be in college right now. So I don't know if you can kind of replicate that if you're, uh, Hastings in Minnesota. So, um, and that's not to say that he couldn't, he wouldn't do a great job. Um, as coach of the Gophers, uh, but I think it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of hard to say. I think the Moscow style is a little similar to more closer to what you would expect out of a Minnesota coach. Yeah. Um, and I, I, honestly, I, the fact that we're talking about this, like a month in the season is kind of also like, I, you're still uh, a lot, one, there's a lot of hockey to be played. It's two. Um, there's a lot of time for Moscow to kind of put his own stamp on uh, the program too. Okay. So you guys brought up. St. Cloud's failures in the playoffs. So I, I have to tell this because I always laugh at this one. <laughs> I didn't personally witness this one, but uh, I think it was PJL on GPL. That's the poster. Um, he always would tell me about one time he went to some autograph session. This was back when Patoni, Grant Patoni, was still a player. And I think there were, he was signing autographs, and some guy went up there and wanted Patoni to sign an autograph for his friend that was a St. Cloud fan. And without missing a beat, Patoni said, well, who does he vote for in the playoffs? Oh, geez. <laughs> I love that one. I always love that one. I'm sure it was even better in person. But... <laughs> you know, they've had a little more success recently, but uh, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, Mankato's kind of following that St. Cloud uh, thing from 15 years ago where they just they couldn't win a game. It's just the way it happens. It's kind of weird. Uh, let's get to some more questions here. Um, John Candells, he's always sending us questions, and he wants to know. He's it, my guy. He sends me uh, he sends me questions on my podcast. Yeah, he's he's pretty. He follows everyone. It sounds like he says the tough is the toughest part of the season behind the Gophers, and is it too early to make this weekend a must sweep? Has the Big Ten not lived up to its high expectations, or is it too t- early to tell? That's kind of a mouthful or a lot of it there, Hammy. But uh, is the toughest part of the season behind already? Well, maybe for the non-conference it is, but 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of early to tell because we're we're still basically in the first month of the season, and you know, we all know that teams that look like Superman in the first month or two look like you know Lois Lane <laughs> by the end of the season. You know, so I mean, it's like uh, it's a little too early to really tell who's going to do what. I know that you know some teams are more likely than others to be strong by the end of the season because of past history and whatever. But um, I, I really think it's just too early to tell. I, I think that, yeah, obviously you expect a St. or excuse me, a Duluth or uh, Minnesota state because of recent history, those teams have been pretty good in NCAA contenders. Um, but, you know, let's just see how some of this pans out with the conference. I, I know it, some teams maybe haven't done quite as well as maybe we thought they would, but, uh, I think this upcoming weekend will be a good start. You know, I think Wisconsin's got uh, some talent, and even if they haven't been rolling per se right out of the gates, I think that uh, it'll be a good test. Sounds like we've got Vigo on the line. Are the kids to bed now, Vigs? Uh, they're close. Close <laughs> enough for me to leave. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes later. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, well, these we've kind of covered the you know games already this week, and we're getting into some questions. On you know, let's let's hear your thoughts on it. What is is you think the toughest part of the season is over for the Gophers? I think the toughest part of the schedule was just the the jumpiness of it. You know, and having the break and, and not be able to get in their flow, and then playing these these big rugged teams like North Dakota and Minnesota State. I don't think you can really prepare well for those kind of contests unless you're playing games. And it showed. And at the same time, Moscow is trying to make his mark with how he wants his team to play. So you combine those things, and it's just been, you know, stop and start kind of season. I think now that they're playing some games, we'll see what kind of impact Moscow's coaching will have, and we'll see what kind of team they have. Since uh, you're just joining us now, do you want to give us your thoughts on the Friday night that you witnessed? Yeah, I think I was just disappointed because the, the team, you know, in the flow of play, didn't play that poorly, but they just made a couple mistakes where where people were checked out on um, their checks, and they gave up some pretty easy goals to Minnesota State. And uh, you know, when you're playing top teams like Minnesota plays, when you make mistakes, the other team has enough talent to to make you pay for it. And once the game got out of touch, maybe a little bit. The most disappointing thing I think was seeing the bad body language by a lot of guys on the team. Uh, you saw guys not really giving any effort. Um, there's just kind of discombobulation from line shift to line shift. Uh, one guy would be working hard, the other four would be checked out. So that was a little frustrating to see, I think. And I, I saw in the lineup that Moscow went with the next night. You know, he made some changes based on that effort that he saw in the game on Friday, and uh, you know they responded a little bit more on Saturday to it, and we'll see if it carries over this weekend. Well, let's just get a little bit back to John Candle's question here. Let's send this to you, Nate. Has the Big Ten not lived up to its highest expectations, or is it just too early to tell? I think for the most part it has. Um, We're kind of at the point where you are, at, in terms of non-conference, where you're kind of understanding how the non-conference part is going to shape out in terms of which conferences are going to be the best. Um, And for that effort... um, it's right now it's the NCHC big 10 uh, WCHA it's the Western college hockey this year is kind of a dominant uh, yeah, which kind of brings over a little bit from last season too. So I still think um, maybe not the expectations that come with having three teams in the frozen four that you're going to be so dominant in that at, at in that end. And there are kind of, some, and there are some disappointments, Minnesota being one, three and one right now, Michigan's kind of had a few stumbles, um, Ohio State's had a couple more stumbles than maybe you would have expected, but I I still think the Big Ten has kind of um, had the success that you would expect from a conference that is looking to send three, four, five, six teams to the uh, the NCAA tournament. All right, well we've got a bunch of questions, and obviously we got to get to the Badgers this weekend. But uh, before we do that, let's hear from our sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? 
Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors to the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPLPODCAST, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit VintageMNHockey.com and follow them on Twitter at VintageMNHockey. All right, well, I just got to say that in the Mixler chat, Mote is back, and he wants to know, uh, did he miss a segment where Jupe's gal had to hold his hair on his birthday? Uh, we're, what would we do without you, Mote? You're here to entertain us. And uh, in case you missed it, yes, I did have to go to the Josh Groban concert. And I had a better time than anyone did at Mariucci because it was diseased at Mariucci. So there is that. Um, Hammy, we need to get into some recruiting here. I see a bunch of recruiting questions. And let's just start off with some basics here. Cameron just wants to know, do you have any updates? Is there any kind of new things happening right now? Uh, it's kind of funny because Viggs and I were kind of texting back and forth about this today. Um, I, I think, you know, it's a little bit kind of quiet because I, I believe that there's probably some work in the background being done as far as maybe get trying to get some guys to do the switcheroo kind of late in the game because I think that we've seen that some of the guys that they have they had in the pipeline that they inherited, you know, really aren't showing enough to i'm sure to convince them that they're worthwhile investments in the long run and i think that um in the short run we know we're going to be losing players next year and and you don't want to have to rush guys in um ahead of time so i i have the feeling that you know that they're trying to work on maybe getting some guys to a few guys to switch late in the in the uh, game and uh, you know the signing period is coming up and then um, so I think it might be one of those things where some of that kind of background work is going on. Now I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I, I would, I have a, a pretty good idea that, that that's, you know, in the works. Um, but it's just whether or not they're going to be able to make those changes. It's just, it's, it's hard to know. It, it, things are kind of quiet in that sense. You know, Sky Ura kind of went on the recruiting thing there and he's, he's like, uh, he says, Bob flip commitments, but I'm not sure I've heard any existing verbal commits to Minnesota have decommitted. Have we had any for sure decommits recently? Well, we saw Caden Bolson uh, open up his commitment from Des Moines on the line sheet. You know, he hasn't said anything on social media about where he's going uh, or if he's officially decommitted. But when you remove who you're committed to on your uh, social media and on the line chart for Des Moines, uh, that's a pretty good sign. I haven't gotten that officially from the U of M yet. Uh, Bob doesn't really like to talk recruiting with anybody in any way. So some of the previous staff would kind of let you know if they were on to somebody or not. Uh, Bob's pretty quiet about it. And uh, I know right now they're just trying to feel out, you know, what kind of players are going to come in, who's going to sign, because, you know, the NCAA rules want you to sign your commitments with the expectation that they're going to enroll next year. And I don't think Bob quite knows who who he wants to come in for next year yet. Okay. And I think, and I think that that's kind of what we're talking about playing in with regard to, you know, trying to get some late changes um, because uh, yeah, I think that he doesn't want to commit to certain guys yet. I think certain guys he would look, I mean, he made a living out of getting some guys to delay. And I think we've seen that with some other programs in recent years that have been pretty successful at getting guys to delay. And it's not that the Gophers haven't done that, as well, but um, I think that we need to do a better job in that area and kind of give guys a little bit extra time to find their way in, you know, juniors after high school. And one of the things is with the current people who are verbal committed, you know, they committed to Don for the most part. So you have a lot of guys here who may be committed under a different understanding, and Bob is trying to figure out how to massage the situation. Any chance on Brink? <laughs> That's kind of the, one of the big names out there, isn't it? 
Well, uh, people like to speculate on it, of course, and I and we've all speculated on it. Um, you know, I I know that people were bringing up the fact that he recently started following the Gopher Hockey Twitter, and if that meant anything, I, you know, everybody's trying to read the tea leaves uh, on some of that stuff. And obviously, he's been very successful early on in the USHL, and you'd love to have that kind of a kid, you know. And given the fact that he's got family ties, um, you know, you, you'd got to expect that they're going to at least make a push on that. But whether or not they'd be successful, and uh, that's you know an entirely different uh, guessing game. Uh, Sky U Ra also asked, does Bob need to be successful this year? We'll throw that one at you, Nate. He says yes, but he, he also thinks it's a little bit unfair. I I think the expectations are always in Minnesota is to compete and make the NCAA tournament. I kind of, that said, I do think this year is a little bit of a mulligan. I think the expectations are a little bit more long-term in uh, getting the program going in a way that can is competing consistently for a national championship. Um, I've kind of always had the idea that this year might be a bit more of a uh, reloading year, maybe possibly more of a rebuilding year, but uh, I mean, it's Minnesota. The expectations are going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pe- people get mad when Minnesota doesn't win. Like, like people are, people are mad. Minnesota like is like a number one, a top five team a number one seed and loses in the first round of the NCAA tournament after winning the big 10. So it's tough to keep everybody happy. Yeah. Um, Viggs, do you think uh, Motsko gets kind of a mulligan this year? I don't think at Minnesota you get mulligans. Okay. Uh, we, we've seen that with other coaches in the past, you know, the expectations are there, you know, there is a lot of talent uh, up at forward right now. He's just got to figure out a way to, to make it work. He's got good goaltending. Uh, the special teams has been really good so far. You know, he's got good power play units, good penalty killers. Um, there's something there to work with this season. So I, I think the expectation is for them to make the NCAA tournament. You know, how much of a run they can make, uh, it's hard to say. You know, the defensemen still need to show a little bit more growth for that to be a possibility. You know, to be fair, I mean, we are talking about a team that was just a little over 500 last year. Um, Lucia, when he took over for Woog, I mean, his first year was just a little over 500. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, I granted, you know, the current situation is a lot healthier than it was back when Lucia took over for the Wooger, But nonetheless, you know, you do have to give a guy a little bit of an opportunity to build up his uh, vision of the team. And, you know, when you're talking about the fact that he was what coach, he just got hired, what, seven months ago or whatever. I mean, that that's not a lot of time, even if it seems like a lot of time, it's not a lot of time to build up your team and your vision. So I just think when he, when he took over St. Cloud, they were probably a game or two away from making the NCAA tournament in his first year. So I think he's got more to work with this year as well. Do you have anything else to say in there, Nate? I thought I heard you chime in. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, he has one player this year that he recruited. Everyone else is Lucia. Um, yeah, I, I think this is, again, this is going to be, at least for this year, it's, and I kind of hate saying it because I think Duluth has made it, uh, it's going to make it uh, in vogue for like the next like five years, but uh, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Like this is going to be a long year. You're kind of, you're building towards being a much different and better team in February and March and right now and if they're going to take those early growing pains it's better that it happens now than uh towards the end of the season <laughs> well i can hope so um scott Uraz got another question here i'm not sure any of us can really answer it he says we all can track attendance but is anyone tracking television audience just audiences to see if it's dwindling too and is is television you know trending going down or you know across all leagues uh, vigo do we have any idea what's going on with television I mean, years ago we used to hear numbers from FSN, but uh, we don't really get those things anymore. Yeah, FSN used to publicize how well they were doing in the ratings. Um, they'd kind of highlight some of their biggest viewed games and things like that and give an average uh, kind of publicly for advertisers. They've kind of pulled back on doing that. I know the only ratings we can really see are you know, the ESPN ratings, and I know Nate is is pretty on top of that as well. Any thoughts, Nate? 
Um, yeah, I wish I could remember what they were off the top of my head, but they looked pretty good. Um, I'd say college hockey, I mean, in terms of TV, there's never been more college hockey on TV. Um, Agreed, even yes. Back, yeah, I mean, even going back like 10 years ago, you'd almost be, uh, the only games that you would find on TV were the Gopher game, um, maybe Wisconsin, maybe Maine. Um, if uh, CBS Sports had something on occasionally, like there weren't too many games on, and now pretty much every team has some sort of local or uh, conference-wide deal to kind of either get on TV or streaming, uh, which just makes so. I mean, it makes non-conference a little bit more hard to get on TV. Um, I think the, uh, but um, I know that the Minnesota Notre Dame game last year um, that was on ESPN two. I believe it did pretty well. Um, so and and you a- and you've seen that in the past though too. Even in the, like the NCAA tournaments, I, I recall you reciting yeah. numbers for the NCAA tournament that Minnesota still was the big dog in driving, you know, um, yeah, TV it's, viewers. It's, it's pretty much it's your brand name schools, North Dakota and North Dakota are the teams that draw. Um, and yeah, Minnesota is still a huge draw in terms of national college hockey. Um, but yeah, so it, it's. Pretty much, those are your those are your draws in, in college hockey. Are um, your brand name football schools in North Dakota because North Dakota just credit to their fan base for uh, yeah. tuning in whenever and wherever. Well, we appreciate all the Twitter questions this week. You know, so you know if you're listening live on Mixler, actually a lot of people Mixler just send it to us straight through that chat. Um, <clears throat> one thing they were saying this weekend is I, I didn't even realize that uh, the Friday games taped delayed Vigs. Yikes. Yeah, not too often you see uh yeah. play anymore, but uh Hey people wanted uh, people wanted it how it used to be, right? <laughs> Go for box tape delay. <laughs> I I used to put that sticker up on the site. You're right, Vigs. Um The funny thing is I think if we have satellite, a lot of times we could you know, if they're showing it in Wisconsin, we'll kinda of pick up that, you know, FSN Wisconsin feed on satellite and one of those extra channels. So I'd have to check my schedule, see if it's gonna be live for me. Hey, I guess I don't know yet. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, we do know that uh, this past weekend, the radio certainly had problems in Mankato. You know, Nate, you and I witnessed that when uh, oh. Frank and Wally, it, it basically melted down. They they went off the air, and uh, they were down, and, you know, it was just not good. Um, Viggs, were you witness to that? Were you listening on the radio? Yeah, a little bit. It's always fun to see uh, Frank and Wally get uh, fired up on stuff like that because <laughs> it's out. Of, it's a little bit out of their control. I know it happened to them uh, at some other buildings too, where uh, the Wi-Fi can be a little unreliable. It happened in Duluth as well. Yeah, and you know they were. Uh, you know, Wally was on the phone trying to get a hold of them. Eventually, Wally called on the phone and was calling the game through his iPhone. He's handing it over to Frank while he's trying to solve some of the problems. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mazzocco had to call a game for a couple minutes, which, which he hasn't done in a while. It was, it was pretty comical to watch um, from the other side of the arena because we could clearly see him struggling over there. Um, but they got it together, and they got back on the air, and it looks like you know things did work out in the end. But it was entertaining, I'll tell you that. <coughs> Excuse me. Still trying to get over a cold here. Um, well, let's get to this weekend, guys. Uh, Bucky Badger heading down to the Kohl Center. Um, you know, recently, Hammy, the Gophers have done pretty well in the Kohl Center. At least I know these seniors have maybe only lost a few games down there. So, you know, right off the bat, at least it looks like there could be some uh, uh, It's encouraging news, at least in the Kohl Center. Well, I mean, I think we all know that when you get those rivalry series, you can kind of throw everything out the window because, <laughs> you know, you got that just the heat of the rivalry. And, uh, you know, if one team is down, the other team is up. Sometimes that doesn't even matter. Um, I would suspect that, you know, it's going to be an entertaining, um, series. I, I just hope that we see a little bit better of a performance and some aspects of, uh, of our team, because uh, I don't want us to see us laying eggs on the road. And hopefully they, they learned some lessons this past weekend and we'll see a little bit crisper performance and, um, certainly moving the puck, uh, more effectively and Wisconsin's definitely not the team that we we got used to for several years under uh, Mike Eves I mean they're definitely more talented more of a offensive minded team and uh, so hopefully that'll play into an entertaining series 
Viggs, what do you think? <laughs> well, I think one of the fun things about the new coaching staff at Wisconsin is they don't play that boring style. They, they try to get up and down a little bit. Uh, Granado is trying to temper that a little bit this week, saying that they're going to kind of slow the gopher game down and try to keep it from becoming a running gun. But some of the players he's been bringing in, they're having a hard time doing that. And I think, you know, the cycle of the roster right now at Wisconsin's a little bit in flux. You know, there's a lot of young players that are getting ice time for them right now. Uh, and this is a series that Minnesota has done well. I think they're like 10-4-1 in their last couple of years playing the Badgers. So it's a team they've had success against. And uh, I'm looking for them to get some goals off the rush this week, and, and hopefully they'll be able to figure out their ground game a little bit. Now, Nate, you usually head down to Madison, but I believe you're not going this year, are you? No, I'm not going this year. Uh, uh, but I've been the last, yeah, I've been like the last three or four. So you're, you're right. You're right about them playing. Well, I think they've only lost one of the last uh, six. And, and you know, we are hearing from Twitter and from the Mixler chat that you know the game is tape delayed on, on Fox Sports North. But if you have satellite, and it will be live on Fox Sports Wisconsin. So, Fig, uh, you're on DirecTV, aren't you? Yep, I'm a DirecTV. So. so. I'll be able to get it live. Most of us, will, most, those of us with that, will be able to get it live. I'm not sure with all the cable people, but uh, it's, so it's half tape delayed. It's not completely old school, but uh, we'll have to see. Um, Nate, do you remember those days? Tape delayed? I, I do. Yeah, it, <laughs> I just like I to give you because people uh, bring up how every game was on TV <laughs> um, back in the good old days, uh, and no one ever brings up how like a third of the games were on tape delay. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it was a third of the games, but I mean, it got, it got to like by 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 the end of like the tape delay era, it got to it got to a decent amount because uh, the Timberwolves and the Wild both got rid of uh, their uh, over the air provider. Yeah, and that was kind of the key thing was the Timberwolves and the Wild all all of a yeah. sudden coming over to FSN. Otherwise, you know, in the nineties, you know, you know, everything on FSN was pretty much live. But uh, yeah, and Vigo kind of did remember back in the day. I used to put a little uh, sticker. Up by the GPL logo on the site that said, you know, GPL tape delay, just just poking fun at it because, you know, you know, Hammy, we've heard it all over these years. Oh, they're not on TV enough. They're not on TV enough. But people forget, you know, they were not always on TV and they're on tape delayed. And we, we, we really kind of got spoiled for a long time there. Yes, uh, you know, <laughs> I think everybody did. I mean, <laughs> and we're spoiled now. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm probably the last person to ask that because it's just like you know how I go off on people being spoiled about it in comparison to other programs and their fan bases. They would love to have our quote unquote problem, oh, you know, yeah. our first world problems, right? So, uh, <laughs> where's the game? Um, I can't find the game. Oh, shut up, Jesus. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I mean, I understand it's always difficult when you kind of have to. You're so used to a certain way of things happening, and it it does change, but, um, all things considered, we have a pretty, uh, we have a pretty good deal here. Viggs, how important is this weekend? I mean, uh, I, you know, we've talked about, you know, Minnesota trying to get, you know, that weird October schedule. And then they played two games this past weekend and now they're in conference play. And, you know, it, it really starts to count now. Yeah. I think the stretch here until the winter break is huge for the program, you know, cause it can either get them into a steady style of play and figure out what they've got or they could get into a funk and it could be a really ugly season. Hey. So I think it's important for them to, to play well in the games coming up. Uh, if you can't get excited for playing Wisconsin, you know, there's big issues to solve. Um, Jess in the mixer chat saying Cole center, get a thousand fans. Yes. They'll have a thousand more than a thousand fans. Um, uh, Viggs, we've obviously seen these last few years at, uh, Cole Center's had some attendance issues as well. Now, you know, obviously, um, not like Minnesota when it's under 5,000 a few times, but uh, the Cole Center has been quite empty recently. Last couple of years, they've gotten uh, some decent crowds, especially in that Saturday night game for Minnesota. Yes. But it's kind of they, – they have the same issue that a lot of teams in the upper Midwest have kind of had uh, in terms of filling the building – um, so, I mean, there's not a huge difference um, with Wisconsin and Minnesota and going up to St. Cloud, Duluth. I mean, when Minnesota comes to town, it usually ends up being the high the high mark uh, in terms of attendance for all these schools. 
Yeah, and I think the attendance this weekend be saved a little bit by the football team being on the road at Penn State. Uh, so I think we'll see good crowds this weekend. Tom Molesky does a good job on showing the tickets sold and the tickets scanned. And for the Gopher game the last couple of years since they did the coaching change, you know, it's been better. Um, they still have that big building to fill, so you never know for those other games. But for the Minnesota game, it'll be packed. Have you seen any numbers yet this year for Mariucci, Biggs? Um, it it's about early? 70, 70% of announced is about what it is right now. Okay. So if they announce it at 10,000, it's probably 7,000. Uh, you know, if it's 9,000, it's between six and seven. So it, yeah. it's kind of the same issues for Minnesota. It was about 8,300 for Fridays when they announced. So. You know, and the you know, past few years they've been averaging, what, over 2,000 no-shows? So, yeah. Yeah, it's about 70% scanned. So, you know, they're probably around 6,000 for the Minnesota State game. You know, and they're trying. They're trying to let all their student ticket holders in. Yeah. You know, if all those students showed up, that'd be about five sections worth of people. Yeah, you know. Obviously, there weren't five sections of students there. <laughs> no, there. well, I didn't see it, so I, I, I can't tell you, but I'm just going off of what you guys said because you guys did say the – the students on Friday night was were, was pretty good, not 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 packed, but was much better than usual. So, we'll have to see. But how about you know, Nate? What what does Minnesota need to do to get going this weekend? You know, obviously, I think five on five goals is pretty huge. They need yeah, it. I guess get something going, even strength, uh, which has been missing the last uh, two weekends. Um, I'm I'm really just curious to see. I want to see that um, Minnesota kind of. Uh, working on being a bit more, bit of a more disciplined team, kind of stop taking um, inopportune penalties, um, little kind of small things like icing during power plays. Um, just kind of maybe see if these are things that they're able to work through while playing games on two games a weekend, um, as they will be for the rest of the first half. Um, I think Wisconsin is a good team, though, to kind of go against. Uh, for this because they've kind of been playing at least similar, a um, bit of a younger team, but they've been playing similar where they're either scoring, they're either struggling to score, maybe get a goal or two, or they're putting up six or seven. So they can, so they are a bit of a dangerous team. They're a bit of a young team, but uh, I do think they're a good test. I kind of think the next few weekends are going to be really good ones for Minnesota where it's Wisconsin it's St. Lawrence team. That's kind of been struggling and a Michigan state team that, Picked to finish towards the bottom, but has beaten a couple of good teams this year already. Hammy, these penalties are really starting to concern me. They've got to lock some of these dumb penalties down. They got to cut it cut it in half at least, because you know their their specialty teams are doing fairly good. Hammy, but boy, you just can't keep doing this. No, I agree. I mean, it's certainly you know, and we obviously haven't don't have a huge margin for error, at least not what we've seen thus far this season. So you don't want to give the oppor- you know, the other team that, that many opportunities. So definitely need to find uh, be a little bit smarter in how they're playing the game and avoid the penalty box. But of course, you could say that with any team in any circumstances. But when you don't have when your offense isn't clicking on all cylinders, you really have to be careful about you know limiting those opportunities for the opponent. And V, it's like we talked about, you know, they are doing pretty good on killing penalties, but that's the problem. When you're killing penalties, you're getting more tired. You don't have as much energy because you're expending so much energy killing these penalties. Yeah, Bob Moscow said that Tyler Sheehy is killing way too many penalties. He's expending all his uh, energy in the gas tank uh, with a man down. It was kind of interesting. I was talking to Tyler today, and he said, you know, it's funny. He probably had about three shifts uh, this weekend with Tommy Novak five on five because hey. they they spent so much time, you know, either killing penalties or on the power play. So it's a, it's kind of a s- sticky situation for them to, to work through. Um, Bob says it's not being undisciplined. Um, I don't know if that means it's laziness, but it, it's something they got to address and they got to stop taking penalties. Mm-hmm. Right, they, they definitely do because it's a, uh... You know, like Nate, you and I heard the same thing, you know, Saturday night after the game. He's like, you know, we can't, we're just expending too much energy. And then it leaves us so tired five on five. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those penalties that they took um, were just kind of like holding or just tripping or just kind of just being kind of caught out of position. Um, And yeah, it was once one, I don't know if it's just 
this time of year where the rules are being emphasized and refs are going to call a lot. But, I mean, the second period of Saturday's game, there's a stretch where it's about seven and a half minutes straight, um, give or take a couple seconds maybe, where just somebody was in the penalty box killing a penalty, um, whether it was Minnesota or uh, Minnesota State. It's just it's really hard just to get any flow going. But, I mean, the Gophers ended up taking – five maybe five penalties in a row on saturday between the second and third period they just um after they were down and just they they were just in a they were in a position where they had ended up having to kill a lot of penalties and just were doing that rather than uh looking for uh getting that opportunity to kind of tie the game and just maintain possession and kind of put their own stamp on things i mean this team has 32 minor penalties in five games Yikes! You you can't win doing that, and a lot of these penalties are not only they're the holding the stick penalties; they're also behind the play. You know, they're not impacting scoring chances very often. You know, there's maybe one or two in the Minnesota State series where you're thinking, okay, that's a good penalty; it took away a scoring chance. The majority of these minor penalties, though, are are just lazy behind the play. You know, just extending contact with your opponent and costing your team. Now, Viggs, um. What do we what do we look for from Wisconsin this weekend? I mean, who should be watching out for? Who's going to be their goaltender? You got any thoughts on that? I don't have any thoughts there. I'm going to definitely <laughs> be watching uh, Keandre Miller. Uh, he's a player who got away from Minnesota and yeah. has made a splash for them right away. Um, Tarek Baker, you know, he is one that sort of got away from Minnesota. You know, they they kind of cooled on him, and he's at Wisconsin. So, you know, they've had a lot of roster turnover the last couple of years. Uh, so they've got some new players to watch. Hammy, we, I, I'm, I'm just going to throw this one out at you. I'm thinking just flat-out effort is going to be a big deal this weekend against the Badgers. Well, I mean, certainly I think it's that, and you want to see the passion, right? I mean, it's yeah, a rivalry yeah. series, so definitely you want to see that effort and passion in the team. And, you know, I think as fans we always want to win, but I think ultimately we can live with certain losses if we feel like the the effort was truly there and it was a hard-fought game and, you know, it was very competitive. And, you know, we don't get – you know, Gopher fans don't care so much for – moral victories and I'm certainly not in that moral victory crowd either, but uh, at a minimum you want to see that kind of passion and effort in these kind of series. So you're not particular. saying you're watching football this weekend for a moral victory? <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Gopher football? What football are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Youngest no, team not... in America. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't get too much into this moral <laughs> victory stuff. So. I, Gophers are going for record defense given up. They, that's, they should just go for records now because that's pathetic. I don't know. Nate, your prediction on the weekend. All right. Well, wait, two things before I get to that. Um, okay. I found uh, the, the TV ratings for those Notre Dame games last year. Uh, 60,000 on NBCSN and 124,000 on ESPN2. So. A little bit of a difference in terms of the channel visibility yeah. and everything, but uh, just to kind of give a, a ballpark of how those are. Um, and then also, because uh, Vigo mentioned, just not sure about uh, who to look at. Um, our good friend Todd Molesky of the uh, Wisconsin State Journal said, uh, Jack, good chance Jack Berry doesn't start Friday. Hmm. It's uh, Daniel Lebedev, and then uh, no Linus Weisbach either, so... Um, who probably would be honestly my him? He'd probably be my guy. I'd want to watch anyway, so it's a little disappointing. But eh. <laughs> um, I think Minnesota s- splits this weekend. Um, I hope that they end up coming out a little better Friday night. Um, it kind of seemed at least so far through the first uh, three series, if you want to include North Dakota, is this, um, that that first game has kind of been a bit of a struggle to figure out. Uh, pace and just kind of find a flow um but uh it sounds like and just kind of watching practice today it seems like that uh they're very competitive they're trying to work through things um but i still think yeah it ends up being i still think it ends up being a split uh they're kind of two similar teams on that end i'm with you nate i think it's going to be a split or i'd be happy with a split right now i'm just i'm just looking for positive you know moving in the right direction um 
and you know, we'll have to see how that goes. But that's what I'm thinking. Uh, Nate or not Nate Ives? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a split too. It's just you know the play hasn't been very consistent so far this season. Uh, the team's kind of feeling their way out. I just see that inconsistent effort from player to player, and it might take a while for this team to to start to gel. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if Sammy Walker plays center again. Uh, Scott Reedy will be out again for the Gophers. I thought Walker looked pretty good at center, uh, used his speed. I think he looks a little bit like Justin Kloost out there. So if he Mm. can bring that kind of speed uh, to Tyler Sheehy's line, Maybe we'll see something start to click there. Hammy? Yeah, split. <laughs> split. Well, I mean, you know, it's the, the standard expectation, especially yeah. in a rivalry series. I it certainly is. don't expect a road sweep. So um, it'd be nice, but uh, I don't think we've seen enough from this team to really put that much stock into a, uh, you know, any kind of predictions of a sweep. Mote says you, he, you should have said sweep, so... <laughs> well, you know, like, it's rivalry week. Better dead than red. Uh, hopefully, this team brings some spirit to the to the weekend. Well, we just have to hope so. Um, Nate, you're going to be leaving us soon. Um, but before then, you got anything for the athletic coming out that's going to be more local? You know, here before you head out east. Um, I should have a feature on the Minnesota Whitecaps coming out in the not too distant future. So. Um, go for and, women, go for yeah, women's got, hockey's gonna miss you. Other dude. Stuff. What? Go for women's hockey's gonna miss you. I have. Oh yeah, I got some. Uh, I got some stuff from them that I have in the pipeline. So, <laughs> and but uh, yeah, I got some kind of some high. I got some kind of longer features I've been working on this year, which has been really fun to yeah. do. So uh, I'm looking forward to having a couple of those see the light of day. When are, when are you leaving us, or about what time? Ah, end of the month. And yeah, some after Thanksgiving. No, I think uh, I'll be gone next week, and then hopefully I'll be back for a little bit. Okay, okay. Uh, Viggs, what do you got going for with the Athletic uh, recently? Yeah, I'm writing about the next step on uh, Bob Moscow's agenda, installing a ground game. You know, that's something he talks about just about every night in the post game. Is they've got to figure out a way to be a tougher team to play against. I think he said something to the effect of. Uh, being a cute hockey team is not something that belongs in the sport. Oh, boy, do I agree with that. <laughs> so I'll, I'll talk about some of the challenges that uh, he faces. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of the same commentary that I got from Don Lucia last year when we were talking about what the team needed to improve on. You know, it's it's up to Bob to try to figure out how to get the players to play that way, though. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all we got for this week, guys. Nate, good luck, man. We're gonna have you on again, but uh, you're still leaving us, and that sucks. Yeah, thanks. No, it's uh. Well, wait, I, what's I gonna appreciate... happen to the podcast? Yeah, what? What's gonna happen to your podcast, man? Uh, we're hoping to still continue doing it. Gonna do a little Skype action like we yeah, do. Yeah, do a little Skype action. Have right. me uh, in, that I, in that way. I've had I've done a, that a few times uh, okay. over the last couple of years. So mm, sounds great. Um, so, well, but yeah, we'll, no, we'll... seriously, thank you guys for uh, having me on and just kind of being. Um, our really good uh, supporters. Just, I mean, I I read uh, I've read GPL for years and years and years. Uh, back when the days that are now being heralded as like the glory days were being uh, <laughs> shat on for uh, <laughs> yeah, and the student section and all that. Uh, just because I think that's just the way that we uh, just the college hockey world and sports fandom in general works. But uh, no, I'm I'm happy. Obviously, you guys. Um, Jupe and Viggs have been just really great for me uh, in the press box, kind of two of the uh, the first people to uh, do so. So it always means a lot for me to uh, have you guys have me on. Well, we, we've enjoyed having you around, Nate. So uh, we'll try to keep you on the podcast at least once a year, as long as you're still covering hockey. Because if you go to New York and become some cynical guy, I don't know if we can do that. So <laughs> well, remember, you can follow Nate at The Athletic or on Twitter at Gopher State. Uh, hopefully you keep that handle, even though you're leaving the Gopher State. I think I think I have to. Yeah, you have to keep it. And, and on Viggs, you can follow him on The Athletic and on GPL and at evigo. and Twitter. Hammy at Hammy Hockey, of course, on Twitter. And he's always got the recruiting stuff, so make sure you pay attention to all that stuff. 
That's all we got for this week. We'll be back next week to recap the Badger series and preview the series with St. Lawrence. If you're listening live, we're going to have a little bit of overtime coming up. But until next week, thanks for listening. <laughs>